The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Welcome to the First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting far away from Alexis Linkletter and Billy Jensen. And this is another extended Killing Time episode. So if you're looking for a case about murder, come back next week. But if you're looking for some good old-fashioned shit-talking, you can stay. Hi, guys. Yes. Hi, Jack. Or you can go through something 20 episodes that we've got. Oh yeah, I mean, or just listen to any any of the other. How many episodes do we have now? Hundred and twenty something. Oh, a hundred and twenty. I thought you said twenty billion. I was like, I think that there's more than that. One twenty step, something like that. Damn, we've been doing this for a long time, guys. I know. Long time feels like forever. <laughs> um. So happy uh, New Year's Eve Eve. This year mm-hmm. is finally coming to a fucking close. I think everybody's been waiting for it. So mm-hmm. I think today we're going to have a little bit of a, like a cel- celebratory look back on this year type of an episode, a look forward to 2021. And yeah, but before we jump in, I think we need to figure out what day it, it is, if there is any days. There, there are very few days. It is December 30th, but it's a very important day. It's Bacon Day. Ooh, bacon. Bacon. Bacon day is a great day. This is how, it's also National Bicarbonate of Soda Day, which tells you that nobody really wanted this day. There's not very many days, but bacon staked its claim and nobody wanted to get near bacon. Now, what are all of our thoughts about bacon? I don't like bacon. I like a good piece. It's the one meat that everyone's like, I like meat. I'm just, bacon just never excited me. Mm, What about you, Billy? I like a thick cut bacon. Ew. Yeah, not thick. I don't like crispy bacon. I like it a little bit, a little bit more chewy. So, uh, what's it called? A something, something ham? Canadian bacon? I don't. Canadian bacon? No, it's a little bit different than that. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit thicker. Yeah. I'm not a ba- I'm not a bacon fan either, really, unless it's. It seems like it's not bacon, like a bacon bit. I mean, there, there was a time in when in my former life when I had to try to get page views for all of these newspapers, and you had to get food page views. If you added bacon in any headline, you would immediately triple the page views because everybody would throw into anything bacon. And then it turned to butter. So anytime you threw oh. butter, yeah. Really? I like Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. I love Kevin Bacon. Yeah, a lot. So Ke- if that's Kevin the bacon, bacon we're talking about, sucky. I'll have two servings, please. 
were people just searching because they loved bacon and they wanted to like look for a recipe? Yeah, it's just you know you're you're at work and you're bummed out or whatever like that, and you're just kind of vicariously living through whatever recipe or whatever anybody's like the twenty craziest bacon dishes or whatever. And that was around the time of like you know two thousand nine, two thousand ten when when bacon was was all over the place. So bacon. I remember I remember that fondly. I remember telling people, telling my editors, get some bacon content. Bacon was all the rage. I mean, there was within my scene, like the emo scene, cupcakes were very popular. Yes. So maybe it was like a, you know, that on a larger scale when a food just becomes very... Well, I think, yeah. And I think the cupcakes came initially... Everybody will say the cupcakes came from Sex and the City. Remember? Like mm-hmm. that's where that like like it originated with pop culture with cupcakes at Sex in the City and then Why, it, what, like, what episode it spread are, out. What where cupcakes and Sex in the City? They used to go to Magnolia and Sex in the City in, in New York City, so it became like sort of a thing that people were talking about. In the I don't think I've ever seen them eat a cupcake in that show. Maybe they just talked about it. I'm not a Sex in the City person. I I've seen every right. episode. I've never seen a cupcake. So you know, everybody, everybody in the Facebook group, back me up on this. And by the way, um, no, with the they Facebook have cupcakes, group, they have cupcakes at Carrie's book party. But I'm going to say Carrie's book party. Or the, what about the sad Carrie's book party? The last episode when she's in wasn't she in France or something? And then like she doesn't show up because she's at the at her mean boyfriend's no thing. And, there either. That was oh America no, Girl. It, like, it was just like cigarette ashes and, and sadness. Yeah, and like a cigarette was put out on her sad book. It was <laughs> right after was, she found yeah. her nameplate in the lining of her Dior clutch. I know Sex in the City, Billy, and there's no cupcakes. So where did cupcakes really start? <laughs> uh, honestly, everybody on the Facebook group, I've never asked you to defend me before. Defend me on this one. I'm sorry, Billy. Cupcakes, you're going to be disappointed. Sex in the City, this is where it came from. I mean, if not, oh, okay, then so where? Miranda also Miranda also got Steve a cupcake when she was falling back in love with him from the plate. No, Steve got Miranda one. She says, for me, wow. the guy who got me a cupcake, and then she invited him to stay and watch the game, and she was secretly secretly pining for him. That's the only other time there was a cupcake. I'm telling you, I know my shit. I just rewatched the Sex in the City marathon on E! this week. I'm I had sure. to do... I had to do commentary for the Sex in the City Marathon on E! like two years ago when we had our Lady Gang show. And like I said, I've never watched Sex in the City before. So the whole thing, and we had to do this for probably 12 two 12 hour days they'd have us watch certain clips and be like okay so like you know talk about this clip and you know what it means for the characters and i'm like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> i'm you like i don't even know the in your names ear of the ladies. like a little earpiece i know i was like uh, uh uh so i guess like a sleeping with a stranger i'm like i don't know what to talk about but that's like my only connection to sex in the city however i did not see any cupcakes in those little 30 second clips well, well, I was I going I to say, only speaking, two cupcakes at scenes. speaking of the Facebook group, we are getting dangerously close to 10,000 members. Oh, yeah. so tell all your, you know, this would be the time you've got a few, we've got a few more uh, days for the holiday season uh, before everybody goes back to work. Hopefully you're going back to work. Tell your friends, share it. Let's hit 10,000 uh, sooner rather than later. I, I think love we're at 9,600. Okay, so before we jump into the rest of what I have planned for this episode, I had a few people commenting on our Facebook post that we need to talk about Alec Baldwin's wife. 
Do we all know what's going on with this? Yes. I really do. And I'm confused. Like, I really want to know at what point people decide to adopt like new (laughs) facets. I I don't understand it. And like, did Alec go visit her family and not notice that? How does this work? So I'll do like a little uh, TLDR on this from what I found online. So basically his wife is named Hilaria, I think, Baldwin. Mm -hmm. So she's basically been lying about her Spanish heritage. She said that she was born in Mallorca and that she was raised in Spain and her family is Spanish and she speaks with a Spanish accent and like all this kind of shit. And she was recently like somebody dug up her entire past and her name is Hillary. She was born in Massachusetts. Both of her parents are American. One's a doctor, one's a lawyer. One's one's like a professor, I think, like a medical professor or something like that. One's a lawyer. Both sides of the family have been in America for like generations. Her parents, I think, live in Spain right now. Doesn't mean you're Spanish. And um, it's just the craziest thing ever because people, of course, are just pulling up all of these videos of her speaking with her Spanish accent and like not. It's just it's it is odd. It's so odd. And why do people think they need that? Do they feel like they're boring and they need, they're not exotic enough? Like, why do people decide to do stuff like this? Well, I think that, okay, so allegedly they met, I don't know if they met in like a yoga class or they met somewhere, but the whole thing about when they met is she didn't know who he was because she didn't like keep in you know, on top of American pop culture or anything like that. So that was like her whole shtick when they met is she just like had no idea who he was. But in my mind, I'm like, was she planning this whole thing? And that was like, I bet you she knew exactly who he was. That's what people do when they want to like knock the egos of famous people. Yeah. Like social climb and star fuck. Mm -hmm. Hey, she, I mean, it's, she did it, but now he has to. I don't know. It's crazy. What do you think about it, Billy? Did you have you, have you looked into yeah, it? I mean, I, wa- I watched some of the clips. I watched how she would go in and out with the accents, and I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt because if you know when you're around somebody that has a different type of accent, a lot of times you will you will take that accent, and then and then your your you know your brain sort of gets gets into that. You know, if you're if you're hanging out in London for three weeks, you start getting a little bit of a London accent. You know, mm. if I'm in if I'm on Long if I'm with my mother for a day, not even for a day, for an hour, I'm I talk with my Long Island accent. But you grew so up I, in Long Island, so that was like mm-hmm. part of your like when you're learning language. That was like yeah. how you learned language. Yeah. So I, listen, I was just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, never, I don't know what to think. I even when I go back to Long Island, I don't have the accent anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very hard to pick up a- accents as an, like as an adult, especially. Yeah. I just think the crazy thing is, is then she goes on like Instagram TV to like defend herself. And I always think it's crazy when people, you know, that she probably has a publicist that's telling her like probably don't say anything right now. And people just go rogue and they're like, you know what? I'm going to sit here for eight minutes and just blab and put it out there for the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, the whole thing. The, the whole the celebrity apology is something that probably should be looked into. You know, it, it, it's it is fascinating. I was thinking of remember remember when Kathy Griffin Griffith mm-hmm. Griffin 
Was mm-hmm. that her name? When she had the picture of her holding up the mm-hmm. uh, the Trump, Trump, and then like everybody freaked out, and then she was like, "Well, what do I do?" And then I think one of her friends might have been Rosie or something told her like, "Just go on online, go on your social media, don't put on any makeup, and just be really sincere." Don't put on any and then, makeup. Yeah, that's, I remember them saying that. And well, it's then, really shitty. But then, but then it's just like. <laughs> In in year four, everyone's just like, yeah, she was just ahead of the curve. You she, know, <laughs> she was ahead of the curve. Why? She was ahead of the curve, which with, with that, you know, because Trump, you know, murdered three hundred thousand people. Oh yeah. So, well, I mean, people have crisis PR, like that. Uh, being a crisis publicist is an actual job that they have for situations like this. Maybe like a little bit worse than this. Maybe for like Kathy it was more of a crisis PR situation. But there are people that tell you what like how you should respond to situations like this. And then I love when people just go rogue and they're like, I'm just going to go on there and possibly ruin my career. And it's great. Yeah. Fascinating. No, it's just like, cause so many celebrities are, are narcissists. So they think like, Oh, I can, I can charm my way out of this. Like mm-hmm. I can convince anyone mm-hmm. of anything. I can appear sincere. I can see, you know, they'll connect with me. They'll feel like it'll resonate, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, no. Exactly. And I think like a situation like her, she probably believes her own lies, right? And it's oh, like, yeah. She's like justifying, you know, whatever. Your name's Hillary, dude. Like when did you when did you start calling yourself Hilaria? Like that's when things went wrong. You should you should go you should go look at that moment. <laughs> that date, because that's when it all just started going downhill. No, it's that whole thing of like, oh, you're you're leaning into that you're trying to make that part of being Spanish cool. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of appropriation. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. an expert in the oh, subject. Absolutely. Geraldo yeah. Rivera's name was Jerry Rivers. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> he's not. I didn't know that. Yeah. He's not, he's so, not Latino. No, I think he is, but, it, but, but it's just, you know, his background is Latino, but his name wasn't, you know what I mean? Just so he decided to, you know, Are you take sure? on a name that was, yeah lean into it a little bit that is that is odd well i i thoroughly uh deep dove into this whole thing because i think situations like this are just absolutely unbelievable so it's a wild ride this one if you haven't looked it's a into wild ride it and i can't wait to see where it leads what happens next you know what happens next and then and uh, whatever then she's like using her instagram as like a thirst trap right now so i think that's so funny i'm like oh girl yeah Oh, girl. Okay, so, yeah, oh, girl. When we come back, we are diving into New Year's. When I was growing up, I took French in high school, but I could never get the language to stick. I wanted to be fluent so bad, but it never happened. I just couldn't focus, and I couldn't practice enough, and it didn't work. But thankfully, there's Rosetta Stone, which is the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop, or it can be used as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone is different. It immerses you in so many ways, and with its intuitive process, you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, and then sentences, and before you know it, boom, conversations. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the first degree listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash first. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash first today. Okay, so it comes as no surprise that I have absolutely no idea how to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. It's not really my thing. But when I tried Factor meals, it was a freaking game changer. So Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So the first time I tried Factor meals, I was actually blown away because I'm like, that's it. That That's all it is. Two minutes and the meals are so delicious. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. And you can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, ooh, fancy, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Like I said, they're so easy to prepare. I love them. So head to factormeals.com slash degree50 and use code degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code degree50 at factorymeals.com slash degree50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. It's almost summer and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada, Dior, Staud, Zimmerman, Jacquemus, and more for up to 90% off retail. 10,000 plus new arrivals land every single day from hundreds of brands you love, all authenticated by a team of in-house experts. Whether it's that perfect wedding guest look, a new summer sandal, an updated beach tote, resort wear for your summer vacation, you're bound to find exactly what you're looking for, plus deals you won't get anywhere else on therealreal.com. Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. Okay, so what was your guys' favorite episode that we did this year? I think I loved our BTK episodes a lot. Just Mm -hmm. because it's such like a a notable case and I just never thought we would talk to somebody that connected to such a like notorious serial killer. So I thought her insight was really interesting. And that was through Billy, wasn't it? Wasn't she your connection? Yeah. But I, and I love the fact that, you know, um, Alexis, you were able to make that, that story fresh, you know, even though I had, I, we had all had heard it and we had all had, had, um, even heard it from her perspective too, because she had written a book and everything like that. But um, I was I was super jazzed for those episodes as well, just because they did sound really fresh and new. Even though it was, you know, I think anytime that we can take a a uh, a subject that has been heard before and tell it in a in a way that is fresh and new, I think people get really really jazzed about that. And I think we've been able to do that with, you know, Jonestown. Um, Nicole mm-hmm. and, and Ron and this one are the three biggest ones that sort of come to mind. I don't know. Uh, can you guys think of anything else that, that we've been able to do that with? When you say Nicole yeah, and Ron, well, I mean, I mean those... like our, our OJ episodes? The OJ stuff. Yeah. I just don't want to say OJ because fuck him. 
Oh. Well, it's when we started the podcast, it's like that was sort of the premise of it. I, I'm sure we even had conversations about that or when we were talking about being connected to something and a BTK's daughter would come up as an example. And to finally have gotten you know her to be a guest on the podcast, I think is mm-hmm. such a full circle moment of how we envisioned this podcast to be on the larger scale. Yeah, I think we did a good job too with with our Jody Arias episodes. I thought our Lorena Bobbitt episode was good. Um, oh yeah, that was this Oklahoma year. City. Oklahoma City. Well, those were really sad. Those were hard. That was yeah, I know. So sad. Yeah, those were hard. They're hard to do. They're important though because um, I think you know one of the reasons one of our guests on that show, she's like you know nobody talks about that tragedy the way they talk about nine eleven and and you know for the people that tragedy did impact. I mean, it's the hugest thing to them. So I think it's important that we do those episodes. They're just really sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think another one of our best series that we did this year was Jodi Arias. Me too. Our guest was so good. He was like, I mean, he's a public speaker, so he was just amazing. But yeah, I could listen to that guy talk all day. He was wonderful. And that was such, I think from our listeners feedback of that too, it was an episode that so many people learned so much about the case that, especially with some of these really infamous cases, um, you know, some, you'll see uh, it on your feed and you're like, I don't need another episode about Ted Bundy. Right. So I think that if we have episodes like that, when we did have our Ted Bundy episode also not in this year, but such a cool, interesting perspective to hear about a case that everybody knows the ins and outs of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think- we, we were there when some, we, we talked to somebody that watched him die and I don't yeah. think anybody has ever really done that or focused on that like that. Or you know, I think, I, I think probably my favorite one was, uh, was the root of evil stuff um, with uh, black Dahlia. I thought that was great. I mean, that's going was that way this back. Year or last year. January. That was January. That was last year. You well, know, we, it, was, it, it, it aired in January, though. You know, then, it was also then, this year is um, our Tara Grinstead episode. I can't believe that was this year. Yes. How? It, in Atlanta. <laughs> that was crazy. It yeah. feels like years ago. Years yeah. Or does it ago. feel recent? Time is so messed up for me. What is time? I don't know, guys. It's, just, it's so weird well, that out was, there. So that was another question on the Facebook group is what were we doing a year ago? Exactly one year ago. And exactly one year ago, we were in Nashville. We were in Nashville. Nashville having the time of our lives. It was a really good way to send off the year into the year of shit. Oh, my God. Nashville was fun. It was so fun. And then we went to Atlanta to record our episode with Payne Lindsay for the Tara Grinstead case. That was, I think, on January 1st that we did that. So it was like the That was very... also fun. Payne's cool. Payne was Payne's cool. I remember cool. being extremely hungover trying to do that, being like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do it. And we just had shots of whiskey. Chugging beer in the booth because I was like, we were hungover that whole trip. I don't even know how we got through that. <laughs> yeah, and Payne has that. Payne, you know is a pro. So he has this like really, really good sound booth, but it's small and it's small because it's supposed that's how sound booths supposed to be. So we were all crammed into this sound booth because he's not used to having three guests. No. And we're like, yeah. pain, do you, do you drink? Cause we're going to be uh, <laughs> chugging some beer through this episode. 
That's right. Do we get a growler from downstairs? Yeah. Yeah, because Payne lives in sort of like above a kind of market type of thing. So yeah. Or at least that's where the um the office is. Yeah. That was, that was fun. That was good times. Um do you is there any notable true crime news or true crime stories that have happened this year that you guys have been attached to or found relevance in? Lori and Chad Daybell. I mean, that is a case that just keeps on giving in that like, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I can't, I hope they have trials uh, and they don't end up pleading guilt, pleading down to something because I really want to know how many people these two killed, like, and how and why and like, what steps they took and how do we stop (laughs) this kind of madness from happening again? Because- the fact that everyone knew those kids had been killed and like they couldn't f- figure out how to arrest these two. You know what I mean? Like the whole case is just baffling. It's baffling. And it's just, I mean, that case, number one, I f- couldn't believe that was this year either. Cause when I was yeah. trying to look some stuff up, I was like, holy shit, that was this year. Um, but the, yeah, the fact that everybody around them is dead is fucking insane. Bananas. And what's terrifying is like, she's so, this is going to sound weird, but she seems so pretty and normal and women like her are so dangerous. You know what I mean? She really seems like a Stepford wifey, like it's just, she's got to be She seems like she could be on like a housewife show. Yeah. It's really, really disturbing. And like just the, the. Uh, video footage evidence that came out of them like moving stuff out of that storage unit. It's just the chilling. Yeah, it's awful. It's... And, the and then when they're in call, she has recorded with her friends. Like the evidence they have is just crazy. And then the the, podcast... when they went and they retreated to Hawaii and they're just living their best lives on vacation when people, yeah. and then I think it was 2020 or Dateline. I can't remember who did that. I think it was Dateline. And Keith Morrison was trying or it wasn't Keith Morrison that was like actually going up to them but they're confronting them and they were just like I am busy sitting on the beach having a pina, pina colada don't talk to me smiling Wild. holding hands like it's and her kids are dead and buried and she's just like nonchalant it's just you just wonder if like she had some break from reality you know what I mean like how how do you Crazy. go from like being a loving mother to that unless you were always a psychopath? I mean, I don't know. It's so strange. It is th- just so incredibly disturbing. Billy, do you have anything that stuck out to you this year within true crime news? Honestly, the biggest thing that sticks out to me is that the only way we were able to stop, you know, a school shooting or a mass shooting mm-hmm. that would happen every three days is a pandemic. You know, and I think that was crazy, you know, <laughs> but it did, you know, that's, that's the thing that, that stopped it or at least slowed it down, which would says a lot for where we are as a society. Um, yeah, you know, I up. think that, um, obviously the, I think the biggest true crime story of the year was, was George Floyd. And then that led to, uh, putting a spotlight on, on Breonna Taylor and, and all of these other cases. And mm-hmm. I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement would have happened if not for, uh, you know, the pandemic and not every, you know, in, in such a, a, a big way. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because nobody, you know, there was no sports, there was no TV, there was nothing, there was nothing that, you know, so everybody had to actually, you know, at least half the country looked in the mirror and said, yeah, we, we need to, we need to fix some shit before we move forward. So, um, and obviously it's going to take a really long time to do that, but you know, I think that was, those are probably the biggest, uh, ones that stick out to me. And we got, you know, um, 
there's a couple of uh, a couple of cases that we were able to get um, on Murder Squad that we were able to get some arrests on, which were kind of good. The Rebecca Gould case, which is a 19 year old uh, or 15 year old murder case, um, we we got an arrest on, and then a couple other ones too of uh, people putting their stuff into Jed Match and then helping with uh, uh, genealogy with that. So if anybody got a 23andMe or Ancestry.com uh, subscription kit or whatever, uh, please do the extra step and enter your stuff into Jed Match. Absolutely. Is that how they ended up finding or figuring out the DNA of the Nashville bomb? Bomber? That would have been too quick, I think. I just wonder... How they because that was like three days ago. So what do we know, I know about but they that? Said that I'm, they I'm not it. well informed about what's going on in that situation. Uh, so, f- uh, Billy, do you know more about this than I do? I know like generally about it. It's very strange. First of all, he was an IT guy. Yeah. Not, Wait, can you not, start with wh- what happened? Wh- just okay, summarize so, it. Somebody drove their um, recreational vehicle, uh, kind of like a Winnebago type of thing, into a. Um, into uh, downtown Nashville and played a recording saying, this is, there's a bomb. This is going to blow up. In this is like at 630 in the morning too. Yeah. On Christmas. Yeah. Um, the police did a really good job getting everybody out of the area and thank God it was on Christmas, but who knows why we did it on Christmas. Listen, it, it could have been a really, you know, if you, if you take a, a look at the surveillance video, it's a pretty intense explosion. Um, so he plays this recording. The police, jump they get everybody out of the way and then it explodes and then they're trying to figure out all right well who did this they did say that their human remains were found and it turns out it was this i think he was 62 years old and he was a uh an it guy and i don't think they found yet any kind of manifesto or anything like that of what this guy was thinking about but uh i i was i think somebody told me something about how he thought that there was something going on with 5G. Did you read about that? No. I haven't looked into this, so don't quote me, but I somebody had said something about him and a you know, 5G conspiracy thing, but I don't know. Huh. 5G conspiracy? Ooh. What is that? Basically but- thinking that the 5G towers are uh, what are they doing to us, Billy? <laughs> I'm not going to play into this. but um. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry I asked. Well, people in our Facebook group, if you know what's going on with this, tell us and tell me what the 5G conspiracy is. Off, yeah, uh, I'm not going to like, I'm, I don't want to dive into like. One other weird thing that he theaters. did is that after the warning, the song Downtown came on. Oh, yeah. And that's also very strange as well. The whole so, thing is so odd. I'm sure yeah. that we'll learn more information as time goes on, but it was very strange. All right. We are going to jump to our sponsors really quick. We'll be right back. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. 
The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, so speaking of true crime cases and all that, what case would you guys like to cover next year? What would be your number one case? Billy? God, there's so many. Um, I don't yeah. know. Seriously. I don't know. <laughs> like, what is there a case that – I mean, John Bonet, obviously – John John Bonet would be great. Um, you know what? I will say this: a fa- I won't I won't say who the family member was, but a fa- a close family member of John Bonet's family reached out to me to uh, get get in touch. I believe with Paul to try and work on something together. So I might I have a first degree there if they're willing to come on. I remember you telling me. I think yeah. that that is crazy. Let me shoot him an email. Yeah, shoot him an email, you know? I'd like to make your dream come true, Jack. I mean, I just think that there's just so much misinformation out there, and I would love to do a deep dive into it. um, Yeah. You know what, somebody... I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Jack, but there there is a... um, like I don't I don't necessarily know if it's a meme, but it's a question that's going around amongst all of like... A lot of like the true crime podcasts. If you could solve... Which mm-hmm. case would you want to solve? And it was Zodiac or John Binet. Mm-hmm. And I've looked at, you know, as people doing polls on Instagram, and I've looked at it, and John Binet is just like at 70% versus 30% for Zodiac. I mean, it's just the cr- – it's the biggest mystery of our time. Yeah. For some reason, Zodiac feels like it should never – it should be solved. But it feels like this, like, a lot more mythical, and it makes more sense – let me rephrase. It makes more sense to me that Zodiac isn't solved. How John Bonet isn't solved, it's like it's mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. It's mind-boggling that it got so convoluted, even in the beginning Absolutely. of the investigation. So I think the John Bonet is more perplexing in that way. But like right. Zodiac, it, there's ciphers for God's sake. So like that one's meant to not be solved. That's what he yeah, intended. And also- yeah, exactly. It's like he went in there with the intention, not went in there, but his whole, I mean, shtick situation was to never be found. I don't like yeah. that. He's like the Da Vinci code of like serial killers. Yeah. It's just like no, his whole thing was ta- he liked the taunting more than the killing. I don't think he even got off on the killing. You know, that's why he kept taunting. I mean, he kept on saying, I've got 20 victims and 30 victims and 40 victims. I think, I think you look at, something that a major event in somebody's life when those letters stopped coming. Right. Mm. The Zodiac would be a a very interesting case to cover as well. I never got into the Zodiac. I didn't as much as I have in other cases, but I know same. I don't know why either because it's so right in my wheelhouse. But that's why I would love, I would love to cover it because I would love to learn more about it because I don't know enough about the Zodiac as much as I'd like to. Maybe we'll watch a doc. Are there any good docs mm. about it? I feel like they all are yeah, kind of crappy. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. watch something. We'll report I mean, back. The Finch, the Fincher movie is amazing. That's not With a documentary. I know, but it's so good. And I've Jake Gyllenhaal is so hot. And Jake Gyllenhaal is so hot. And Mark Ruffalo is so hot. So. He's got a nice head of hair, that Mark Ruffalo. He does have a nice head of hair, that Mark Ruffalo. Has he gotten hair transplants? No, I think he's just like Italian or something. He's the Hulk. 
He's just blessed. <laughs> yeah. He's just blessed with that head of hair. Um, okay. What are you guys going to drink on New Year's Eve? A very Champagne. important question. Champagne. I don't drink on New Year's Eve. You don't drink on New Year's nope. Eve? It's uh, amateur night. <laughs> Seriously. Hmm. So I don't yeah, you drink Eve, every night. It's amateur night. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I do the opposite of what other people do. You take New Year's St. Patty's Eve Day and uh, New Year's Eve. Amateur night, I stay home. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. You drink at home. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I actually try to make it a point not to drink on those two days. I don't like this. I don't think it's Sorry. true, but okay. <laughs> what do you drink, Jack? Um, champagne, obviously. And I just uh, made a new Jack Tail video Ooh. of a fantastic champagne drink. So head over to my Instagram. Alexis, you would love it. I'm and I drink it with you on your Eve. Yeah, we'll have safely. a little cocktail. I need to find some uh, some pop rocks because that is the that is the special well, touch to it. To a New Year's Eve cocktails and pop rocks. Mm. Um, Okay. So now I want to look forward into 2021 because hopefully this year will be better than the last. So do you guys, do you guys do New Year's resolutions or do you think they're bullshit? Because I think that they're bullshit. I don't really do a a resolution in the, in the way that, in the quintessential way, but I write down the things I want to accomplish in the next year. Yeah, I do a goal list. I started doing a goal list a few years ago and then I put it on my medicine cabinet and then I cross them off as I move through them, which this year there were not many crossed off, but that's okay. Hey, (laughs) Jack, you're bestseller, so there's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, do you you adhere to resolutions? No, I mean, I I try to do, uh, I I definitely do the goal lists. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily do them uh, right on on New Year's, but I, I keep them there as far as like what I want to do. And I'm usually a little bit more reflective uh, around this time. Like, what did I want to, you know, and going through those goal lists and saying, what did I do? What did I not do? But uh, yeah, as far as resolutions go, you know, you see it, you see it in advertising. You know, there's going to be a reason why it's going to be interesting this year because there's no gyms open uh, in a lot of places. Oh. But usually, you know, you would see all the gym advertisements in January and um uh, you know, just trying to be a better person. That's what I'm going to try to do. And resolutions are just a way to make you feel bad about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Cause people for resolutions, people usually try to make a resolution for something that is very, um, above and beyond what they, you know, would normally accomplish within a lifestyle. So it's bound to fail, especially with these gym ones and the diets are even fucking worse. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna go off the wagon at some point and then you're gonna feel like shit. And then that's what commercialism wants you to feel like, you know? And they're gonna like be like, it'll be your resolution again next year. Don't give up. And then they'll get you over and over. <laughs> and it's like, just make small, healthy choices in moderation. Moderation is where it's at. No moderation. more dieting. So hard you know? They burn themselves out and they get a negative uh, connotation with whatever it is they were trying to do. Yep. It becomes a cyclical, defeating thing. So that's how we feel about resolutions on this podcast. We're not into it. No resolutions. But what do you guys have any specific goals for next year that you would like to share with our listeners? I would love to expand I mean- the first degree. That's what I, well, I was going to say if we have any personal goals or professional goals. 
Yeah, I'd like to see the first degree get bigger and bigger, and I would like to see it see us get bigger on on social media and uh, and break out some new merch too. Oh, we always want the new merch. Always I would want love the new a second show to spin off. Yeah, that was my. That's definitely going on my goal list. Is our our second weekly show, a killing yeah, time on that. its own. I'm gathering some guests for our killing times too already. Oh, yes, you tell. Yep. I am ga- I'm gathering them and I'm, we're just waiting until we can do our second episode. So I think that that's like our major goal for the first degree is to get that second episode out. And then we're discussing like maybe we're going to dabble into the TikTok world. I don't know. I think that needs to happen ASAP. I know. TikTok needs some more true crime. Mm-hmm. It does. We're going to start that in the new year. Although there have been some great TikTok true crime stuff. I've seen a few of them, but there's not enough. Sarah Turney and Alyssa Turney's case. You know what I mean? Just uh, being able to solve her sister's case. That was great. Was that through TikTok? Using TikTok. I mean, she used other stuff as well, but yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Wait, what did she do? I'm not, I I know the case, but I'm not familiar with. I mean, that was the headline because it was a, it was a snappy headline, like how one sister used TikTok to solve her sister's murder kind of thing. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was trying to use all, all avenues, you know, to, and, and she saw TikTok as a way to, to turn more heat on, you know, and who knows, you know, how long you might say, yeah, I don't know anything about it. 10 years, maybe something like that. Mm. I don't know. A, a ridiculous amount of time, but do you um, want to just give a summary for people who have no idea what we're talking about? Okay. So, um, Alyssa Turney, uh, was a girl. He did. She disappeared in 2001 when she was 17 and she had a younger sister named Sarah and she started investigating the case on, uh, you know, she would go on, 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 podcast. She was really trying to push this. And constantly, you know, she was 31 years old now. She was trying to call the police over and over again. The police wouldn't uh, talk to her. They wouldn't do this. And she was very vocal on social media. I tried calling the police about this. They didn't do this, all this kind of stuff. She really believed that her, uh, that the stepdad um, actually caused the demise of her sister. And she, when TikTok became popular, she went on TikTok, she went on YouTube, and she really was describing all of the efforts to locate her sister's body. And she eventually was able to get enough, uh, be able to push the Phoenix Police Department into action into finally making an arrest and they arrested Turney. And this guy was a bad dude anyway. I mean, they had, at one point, they had found like a bunch of bombs in his house and stuff like that. Um, But he's, um, yeah, yeah. Jesus. So it's a case. Everybody, uh, t- take a look at it, um, Alyssa Turney, and uh, it was just uh, just somebody getting loud and using all the different platforms that you can. And TikTok was one of them. That's one. We're it's coming like for one you, of TikTok. The f- yeah, we're coming for you. It's one of the few times that social media really makes a positive impact because mm-hmm. there's so many shitty things about social media you know seriously i think circling back to like the celebrity apology i think the apologies really started with social media like it's when the social media mobs turn on you is when you have to do damage control because so much of people's success hinges on it now hinges in favor of the social media mobs well 
it used to be that they would go on sort of a, a talk show or something or a late night, yeah. you know, like, like you grant would go on, you know, to apologize, you know, um, or, uh, you know, these celebrities that would go on to apologize. And, uh, now they're just like, Oh, I can control the message more by doing it on social media. But you're also <laughs> it always ends up being so much worse anyways whether though. you leave the comments on or off is the question yeah i know mm-hmm. Oof, what a nightmare okay well i'm gonna end this episode on a high point when things get back to normal next year because 2021 is looking up i fucking hope what is the first thing that you guys you guys want to do like once the world has opened up and things are normal i really want a vacation i really want to go somewhere like desperately. tropical desperately like Bali or thing? Thailand or oh. Vietnam, oh. Bora Bora, oh. anything, <laughs> anything, anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's going to be crazy to get on a plane mm-hmm. and just go somewhere. Oh, my God. That'll be crazy. The first thing I want to do is go to a, a packed, shitty dive bar. Mm. I want somebody to spill their beer on me. I want some. I want to do karaoke in a packed little room. I want to wait in line for 20 minutes to get a drink. It just sounds, all sounds so delightful. <laughs> Things we took adv- uh, for granted before. I want them totally all back. Took a, yeah. I want them all back. Billy, what is the first thing you're going to do when this shit's over? When the, uh, play hockey. It's oh, the one time nice. I can get out of my own head. So yeah, I want to get, I want to play hockey. I want to get punched in the face. I want to do all that stuff. Nice. That's the stuff that I really miss the most. Get a tooth knocked out. Get a tooth knocked out. Get some stitches. Yeah. I love it. Oh, well, here's to 2020. Here's to 2020, 2021, please, for the love of God. Yeah, America, get your, I will say, America, get your shit together. If there's one thing that we've we've proven that we can do is get things from one place to another. And the fact that we said we were going to do 20 million vaccines uh, distributed and we've only done 3 million so far, it's like, come on, guys. I know. Please. And please, when it's available to you, go get your fucking vaccine. Yeah. So we can get to a dive bar. Normal life. (laughs) And resume and record together uh, one day. One day. All right. Well, I again forget how we sign off these things. (laughs) We killed plenty of time. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for listening and we love you. Happy New Year. We love you. Stay safe. See you next year. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.